Well, everybody, welcome to another episode of A Bunch of BS, uh, the real, the raw, the uncut. Uh, my my guest today is the uh, the person you you don't know that you know. He's the the lesser famous Bandit. Uh, my wife can't even keep him straight. Uh, <laughs> he, is, he is the son of Terry Bannett, and most people don't even know who that is until you say the guy that owns the Footed Shaft. So uh, it's it's Footed Shaft's son who has had quite the run in the trad life game. Uh, like kind of already did the trad life before it was cool, and then like has had a whole another life since then. So <laughs> Jason Jason Bannett is his name, and here he is. How are you, Jason? Pretty good, thanks, Bob. Quite the, that's quite that's quite the intro you got there. <laughs> uh, thank you. I, I, that was right off the cuff. I, I did uh, in one take. In one take. One take. Uh, well, that was impressive. You, I think you, if the bow business doesn't go well, you have a uh, you have a, a face for radio, so you're set. I, you know, I, that's what people have always told me. Um, I, I, my my teeth are much better for radio. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it, it it's kind of interesting. Like, it, I kind of like I kind of spiced it up, but I feel like that really wasn't that much of a spicer. It's like it, it was just facts. It's like, yeah yeah you're right it is facts. <laughs> like popular guy that people know but they don't know they know you. Right right. Um, and and you had like a whole another life in the trad life like before it was cool. Yeah I started I started playing in this the traditional world when I was fourteen. Um, I think is when I started shooting a recurve. It was an old Rocky Mountain the old man brought home. And that was kind of the beginning of the end, if you would, and uh, it just kind of went from there. <laughs> the beginning of the end. Yeah. Uh, right. So I, and then into like a whole bunch of like string building, and then like you know, quick traps. Yeah. Which I don't think people even know what quick traps are anymore. But like right. Been for quite a while, and I'm pretty sure you like toured the world. Oh, I'm gonna say. <laughs> toured the world. Uh, well. Toured, well uh, the, the Midwest, you know, yep. big shoots. Uh, what, what, so like break down what the quick straps were. So like, cause well, I mean, you want, do you like, want to go down the quick strap world or do you want to start at the beginning of the, uh, the trad world? Uh, well, let's just start at the beginning and then you can okay. take the quick strap world. All right. Well, so when I got involved, uh, I was, like I said, I started shooting a stick bow when I was 14 with with the old man, and uh, from there I, I hunted with it from ever since, and uh, and then uh, I was uh, grateful enough to meet Lamont Granger. He was the owner, and he started the footed shaft, mm-hmm. and um, we started building strings and started building strings for Lamont, and we got introduced to going to shoots, and uh, Lamont used to pick me up when I was 15 and 16 years old, and We'd jump in his old Jeep Wagoneer. It was packed full of traditional archery equipment, and we wandered around the Midwest going to traditional shoots, and uh, I'd help him set up his big canopy, and and uh, I would sell strings to whoever needed one at the shoot. So and over those travels, we got to meet all kinds of people, and uh, it was uh, quite the experience. Um, and, in the very well, beginning. And, and, and you, as far as I recall, I believe you purchased a vehicle, an automobile 
from strings. Like, yeah. Like you gave him strings and he gave you a like a drivable vehicle. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, my old man. I think I think it was uh it was an old rabbit. Yeah. And uh and he didn't he didn't want any money for it. He says, just build me enough strings to pay for it. <laughs> right. And you gave him what, like seven strings or something? Yeah, maybe eight, just for a tip. <laughs> That's that. I drove that rabbit when I went to college, and then uh, uh, the old man he took it over, and he drove it, and I think he even took it down to Iowa bow hunting out of it, and yeah, it was a it was quite the machine. I got stories about that one too. <laughs> well, let's hear. Oh, we got another time. time. So, one. Give us one. so, so I was driving down the high, the interstate, going from Menominee to Eau Claire one night after work and school just touring around and uh, I got pulled over and uh, it's a rough start. Okay. Well, it's a rough start. Right. And I'm like, why is he pulling me over? You know? And he comes up to the door and well, there's no crank on the window. The window doesn't come down and there's a rope through the door just to pull the door shut, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I just, I just opened the door yeah. You know, so I could talk to him. Well, I guess that you shouldn't do that. No, no. Thank God. <laughs> that would be, that would be a very aggressive move. Yeah. So he had his gun out and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, uh, open the door to talk to you. He says, why don't you roll the window down? And I pointed at the door. I said, because I drive a POS and, uh, the window doesn't work. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so long story short, he, he pulled me over for speeding, and I said, really? Huh, I didn't think this thing would go that fast. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, or something. Not, yeah. Downhill. Right, downhill with the wind. But uh, yeah, long story short, he felt bad for me, and he did, He gave me a warning, and so um, and uh, he sent me on the way. So that was pretty comical because he, he, he wanted me to shut the door and roll down the window, and I said, well, you could do it in the pasture side, but you'd have to stand in the snowbank. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a pretty sad story. I'll, I'll yeah. Take it. Yeah. Time. Right. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, but other than that, I mean, we just, we, all the, you know, we used to go to Coon Rapids and uh, we made it out to a couple of the North American longbow safari shoots. Those were always a blast. Um, out the one. In Michigan, right? No, right? no, the um, the North Amer- the Longbow Safari ones. Those are always out west or in Canada. Uh, I thought they used to be more in the Michigan. I, I knew they had some in Canada now, but yeah, so they do it. Well, I don't know how they do it anymore, but they used to do every other year. So one year it's in the U.S. and next year's in Canada, and they just go back and forth. And uh, you have to pre-register and. Um, they have a pretty neat format. You don't get to shoot with anybody from the same state. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you reg- you pre-register and you just show up and they they give you a target number and you show up and that's who you get to shoot with. So I got to shoot with John Strunk and uh, just all these different guys, people over the years. Um, and, uh, yeah, you met a lot of fantastic people. Some old school guys. Uh, Tim Tim Miggs. Yes. 
like I, I'm familiar. So, so is this the shoot that you have to like be able to put your bow through like a PVC pipe? Is this the one? Yeah, I think that's how they do that now. And then you had to shoot broadheads, broadheads only, and wood. Um, I don't know if they make it wood arrows. I thought it was wood arrows and broadheads, but I don't, I don't remember their exact rules anymore. But I think it's still woods, but yeah. So like uh, the PVC thing, I think uh, Red was talking about it. Like it has to go through like a four-inch PVC pipe. Is right, because it, yeah, like, it sounds about right. You don't, they don't want, you know, s- severe reflex deflects and all right, that kind like of stuff. Right, like reflex are, are out, so like it could have a little back set, and that's about it. Um, right. I believe. Right? Yeah. Yep. Um, um, all, most of the targets were homemade, you know, life-size draft. And <laughs> <laughs> a, a step ladder to pull your yep. arrows out. With a ladder next to it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, so you mentioned John Strunk. Like I know who who's John Strunk for the He was a, he, he was a boyer back in the day, you know. Um I forgot exactly where he was originally from. I thought he was a, a West Coast guy. But That's he made funny. a lot he he made a lot of stealth bows back in the day. Um um I think he he used to put on bow building classes too. That sounds that sounds right also. Yeah. If I remember right, I think my dad went to one of his classes. I think he held a class up in Coon Rapids at the archery club up there. So they get a bunch of people together and just build a bow. And in what do they do? Four or five days you'll have a bow completed and or you broke it, one of the two. <laughs> Either or. Either or. Right. So that reminds me like uh I used to go to the Wisconsin State Broadhead shoot, the Nasita. I'm sure you've been there. Oh yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure there was like a group of guys that would show up and build a bow to shoot the course. Oh really? Am I am I wrong? Um, I, I've only been to that like twice. Oh. Okay. Uh, so and uh, that was that was so many years ago. So many brain cells. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was an awesome shoot back when I was well, your age. No. They got a, they got a, a lot of. They had a lot of people show up for that, all walks right. of life. Yeah. Right. It used to be a big, 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 big shoot. It used to be a big deal. I don't think it's quite as big as it was anymore. But. No, I don't think so. I, used to, I mean, thousands of people, if I remember right. And they had a dedicated uh, scorekeeper to go along with it. And Yeah. Yeah, it was a big deal. Like You'd get your number, and they had a guy on the PA, and it was the same guy every year. <laughs> and it was always the same guy. Like he'd be like six thirty three, you're up. Six thirty four, you're on deck. Six thirty five, head yep. this way. Six thirty six, start heading this way. <laughs> all day long. Yep, and, same thing over and over. Right, all day, all day, every number. He would holler it on the PA. It was, it was, it was a pretty big shoot. It was a good time. Yeah, I'm sure not used to go to that. Yep. Yeah, he always used, they used to shoot it, and he used to go over there and set up. Just uh, I don't know if he it was so much uh, to try to sell. I mean, he sold stuff, but it was uh, primarily just to see a bunch of old hunting buddies and people because Lamont was originally from the Wisconsin area, and okay. uh, and he always would he'd went over there and and uh, hunted that Nasita Refuge area all the time. So he'd go over and see his old old hunting buddies, and you know, yeah. You know, blast of the past kind of thing. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. It was a it was a big time back in the day. 
Um, I, I don't think I've been there for probably 10 years, but like when I was growing up, it was big, like a big, big deal. Um, Kevin was always there. The RER was there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, like and that's that's I that's where I bought my first RER was at the Nasita Shoot. And I, oh really? I had saved up my money from serving pizzas at the Pizza Hut. And I, I was gonna I was gonna say was it a lot more money. It was Pizza I Hut money. I yeah, I had saved all my tips in like a can. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember I was asking Sue, I was like, well, like, do you take checks or whatever? And she's just like, well, yeah, Bob. (laughs) 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 I I didn't know. I had never never gave someone that amount of money for a bow. Right. And it was a, oh, God, and it it was an awful bow to buy. Uh, It was a a 60-incher, and it was a 60-inch XR. And it was fifty-seven at twenty-eight. Hmm. Uh, that's that's a little short for you, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, at the time, I was cutting my arrows at like twenty-eight. <laughs> 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 and like, and what, what 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 do they call that now? Like thirty-five for like a spear? Yeah, yeah I haven't cut an arrow for for a, a decade now. <laughs> <laughs> so. But, uh, they were super cool. Like the next year, I'd show up, and they'd be like, "Oh, are you ready to like have a regular bow now?" And then like they'd take mine and like give me a different one. Like you know, I, I think I got down to like a forty-three pounder at twenty-eight, like a sixty-four. And then right, it was they were they were super great people for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Which I which I think is kind of how I maybe met you the first time, is I, I feel like you were shooting in XL. Like I feel could like have, I, I, yeah. I, like I met you like in the Coon Rapids deal. It could be, yeah. meet, but like I know it was like in passing or whatever. Harry's like kid, and I knew you shot you shot like an XL also. Yeah. Was, oh yeah, this is a great bow. It's a great bow. Blah blah blah. And, yeah. And I, how, how did we actually like meet me? I think it was the uh, uh, um, Chippewa shoot. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. I think we planned about 17 hunts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, threw a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> and we haven't been on a think one, so we got 17 hunts to go. We still got 17 hunts to go. Well, at least we have things to plan for. Oh, yeah. yeah. The outlook is good for us. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, hopefully it's on the up. I mean, oh, I don't know. Well, oh, maybe... Well, maybe maybe we'll see you in uh, the Bighorns as you cruise through back from Montana this year. Right, which was not one of the seventeen we planned. Like, no, we were, no, that we were on some crazy business. Like we're gonna go like caribou hunting and uh, yeah, Prince of Wales and. Well, I, I was I was banking on this uh, the stickball business of yours to really go off so you could pay my way, but how's that working out? And I'm still banking on you paying the way. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we're in a stalemate. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not looking good on my end <laughs> to, to pay another guy's way. Or right, right. Um, I got I got kids rolling into college. It doesn't look good for either of us then. No, we're, we still got 17 to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, that sounds right. I think that's when we first talked a little bit or whatever. I think we shot yep. a little bit or whatever, and it was... 
somehow we went from didn't really know each other to uh yeah you want to go to like prince of wales shit, yeah yeah, yeah, shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. friendship instantly yeah yeah, yeah. You, you want to do a bunch of stuff that we're never going to do yep yep <laughs> very very yeah. brothers like did we just become best best friends yes yeah. Yes, just like that, just like that. Yeah, uh, that's funny how those relationships work. And and I don't know. I've a lot of uh, traditional archery people that I've met through the years. It it instantly happens when you meet someone in that group, common interest, whatever it is. You just you immediately. It's easy to make you know friends that you stay in contact for a long, long time and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've been hearing about uh, shit. That was what. Three, four years ago? It was a while ago. Yeah, I want yeah, I'd say that. Uh and yeah, we still haven't checked a single one of the boxes. But no. I I have been in contact with you a lot since then. Um, yeah. You've you've done a lot of you've done a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we none try. Of was on, none of which was on the list. <laughs> no. But, uh, no. Yeah, no, yeah, no. It was just a, it was a clicker. We just quit. I would. Right. Yeah. Well, so what year did you get involved in this uh, crazy sport then? Uh, I did the. I'm kind of in the weird game where uh, pretty much everything was videoed. And I did a 10 year video uh, two or three years ago. Okay. So yeah, it was it was after I graduated college. Um, basketball was done. Uh, so, fun story. I was a big I was a compound guy. I had saved mm-hmm. up McDonald's money, and <laughs> I was working at McDonald's at the time, uh, only on Sundays. I only worked Sundays. Oh, Sundays. Ate, yeah, and I had to show up like I was the breakfast to noon, like I was the six to two guy. Um, uh, it was rough. Anyway. <laughs> So when I somehow I saved enough money from buying crankbaits, I bought a lot of striking crankbaits. <laughs> like basically, my entire paycheck would just go to striking crankbaits. But I, I I got enough money and I said I, I bought my PSE Mojave. Oh yeah, had Synergy cams. It was great. It was like the first ball I ever bought. Sure. Um, and that was that was not the one. <laughs> I, I think I only hunted with that for like a year or two. Um, huh. Because that would have been that would have been like in high school, so probably like junior year. I think I was. I think when I got the job, I still had to get a ride there. <laughs> well, that's like nothing wrong with that. Up, and then and then I started driving, so I must have turned sixteen. Um, and then I went and did the basketball thing. So yeah, it wasn't until after. Uh, after college, I didn't do a lot of hunting. Right. Uh, during that 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 uh, magical eight years, but <laughs> but I was I was trying to tune it up, and I had had a I had a recurve, and I was gonna shoot that, and then I had that bow, and I was trying to like tune it up, and I was trying to get my broadheads to fly with the fuel points. You know, you got to like re you know, mm-hmm. big thunderhead. So I was like trying to re-sight in the broadheads so I could go because I was still in school in Iowa. And uh, I was adjusting the housing, 
and the whole housing, like I stripped out the Allen screw, and the whole housing just dropped out. <laughs> so like I was kind of in this weird like I'm gonna hunt recurve, I'm doing the recurve, I'm doing the recurve, and then I said nope, I'm gonna do the compound, and then I stripped it out and it just fell on the floor, like just fell on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I guess I'm doing the recurve. <laughs> guess I'm doing the recurve. That answered that question. Yeah. So yeah, it was. I was like 22. So yeah, like 14 years ago. Oh wow. So I mean, nowhere near like you. I mean, it was 14 years, but I was not 14 like you. Uh, yeah, I, I got all of my I, questions. Yeah. I got 30 years in already. Yeah. Boy, that make boy that makes me feel old. <laughs> yeah i used to i used to collect my actually my daughter uh her boyfriend were here this week and we we're chit-chatting and he was asking about some questions because my garage is just filled with we're headed out west uh in a few in about a week and uh it's just filled with stuff you know just like the normal bow hunter getting ready for his trip right oh yeah the, the, the standard dump everything you own on the ground yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything's all over. So he's asking questions about stuff, and then, and then he's like, "Why do you got so many bows on the wall?" I said, "Well, I've actually sold most of my stuff." And Eric is like, "Well, how many did you have at one point in time, Dad?" And I'm like, "I don't know the exact number, but it was somewhere around 50." Right. It, it was a lot more than I have now. Yeah. <laughs> and and his eyes just opened. I was like, "50? How does one person even do that?" I said. I am like, shit, that's child's play. You should see some of the guys that are obsessed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, we got it. Yeah, and and you got the Sandman. Yep. Uh, and I got and uh, and I got into broadhead collecting when I was younger. Yep. So, was part of the uh, American Broadhead Collectors Club for quite a while. So you get to meet all those old school guys. The the amount of knowledge of, you know the history there and sitting down with Zawicki, you know, I was, I was, I was lucky enough to got in the original house where everything was made before they moved to the shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a, that was an interesting treat. Uh, just coffee cans of broadheads and blades and stuff laying all over the place. <laughs> right. Which, which kind of brings up like a good point. Like I was kind of wanting to start to do like a, like a, like a blast from the past type of like a history type thing. Mm-hmm. And it talked about. Um, so like he would be like a super good guy to just start with like a, 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 an informal, just like tell us about Jack. Like, Ooh. People, now, like you're, people, now you're going to, you're going to test my brain. Right. But I'm just saying like people kind of knows Wiki. In their right. Game. Like at this point, they're kind of like, oh, like the wiki's got bad grinds, blah blah blah. Like they're cheap. Yeah. Uh, well, just, just tell us a little bit about. Well, they're, they're, all right. Well, I can. Well, I'll, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot more people out there that have way better knowledge than I do. But Jack, Jack took over the business from his dad, Cliff. He originally started it, and that was in Minneapolis. And uh, which it still is. And right. What what year were we talking? Like I feel like the thirty seven rings a bell to my now, you know, long somewhere. Yep, yeah, long time ago. And uh, I think that's why they re they redid the Kuisawiki, which was like a thirty seven thirty eight time frame, something of that nature. Sure. So, um, but yeah, so 
and uh but been in the family forever and ever and they're still making the same broadheads you know over the years they've tweaked it they've you know changed the ferrules or this or that you know but uh and they've added broadheads but um well, and yeah, i mean it's like you hang out with jack like you know him somewhat well i would say yeah he's a, he's a very extremely unique individual if you meet him this is one thing I always remember from him. If you met him once and let's, and you hadn't seen him for multiple years and you ran into him at a, an archery shoot, he would look at you and he'd kind of shake his figure and he goes, I met you, Coon Rapids, about two years ago in June, and then he'd come up with your name. <laughs> Pretty impressive. Yeah. Pretty impressive, and at that time he was in his seventies. You know, I think he he's uh, he's in his he's in his eighties or late eighties now. So, uh, um, my dad and uh, a couple gentlemen gentlemen from Rochester area here um, know Jack a lot better than I do. But they um, one of Jack's favorite things to do is shoot um, milk jugs with with judo points and stuff. So he's he's got, you know, a piece of property that he hangs milk jugs on. He wanders around the field and shoots judos at them. And he just, he loves to go roving, just wander around and shoot judos at milk jugs. Which is, which is suiting for the guy that has. Has the judo. The, did he come up with the judo? Like, yeah, him, him and his dad. Like was, I think, one of the two of them had to come up with it. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they they held they held the patent on that for how many years? Yeah, that's where I don't know if you remember when we did that cancer benefit for Lamont. Okay. Yep. Um, that was a judo shoot. Yep. Yeah. So and it was kind of in honor because uh, Jack and Lamont were very very close, and uh, Lamont uh, Lamont did the whole write up on the Zuwiki broadhead for the American Broadhead Collectors Club. So if you ever pick up any of their books of the hit and read the history of Zawicki, that's Lamont's work. He he interviewed Jack and got all his and wrote that part of that session, from my understanding. So right. so kind of a, kind of in honor of that, and we wanted to do something a little different. And uh, Jack actually donated uh, a bunch of the proceeds for the sale of Zawicki during or judos during that time, and donated a bunch of judos and did you know a bunch of stuff for that and yeah we uh we hung milk jugs and different jugs all over the the uh, rochester archery range and and people just wandered around followed the path and shot milk jugs (laughs) (laughs) which is it's kind of like because then you get like a big like a a permanent whack like it's kind of like like if you hit it you know you hit it like well and then the Right. And the first guy that shoots, if his arrow is just kind of hanging there, now everybody else is aiming for your arrow and not the jug. (laughs) There is no pulling the arrow. No, no, you know, you just keep everybody. uh, There's there's times guys are in the quarters just to try to, you know, that's nice of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just shooting at your arrow. Um, oh, another guy I'm thinking of that you might know a little more about, the big river fella. John McDonald. Yes, John McDonald. Yes. Tell us about. Tell us a little about John. 
Where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) Wherever you want to, really. Right. Well, so, um, so I met John when I was a young lad going to all these stick bow shoots and stuff, right? Traditional yeah. shoots. Cause John was there, he was selling his bows and stuff. And, um, and he was the probably pe- like 55 at the time. <laughs> yeah. Or if not 60. 60. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, if anybody ever met John back to the day, he was kind of, he was, he he would tell you where the bear shit in the buckwheat, you know, there was no beating around the bush, you know. Um uh but over the years his bows really developed into uh you know, you know, sweet shooting bows and they were he never advertised, he just made them just to make them and and uh but he him um Ernie Apple or Appel, depending on how you want to pronounce it. And uh L Kenny trying to church it up, yeah. Right. And then um Kenny. And those three guys, those three guys actually grew up in the Milwaukee area. Those three guys worked worked for Whiffen back in the day. When they were kids. And uh (laughs) the stories they would have. We used to take those guys so it was Lamont, John, Ernie, and and uh, Kenny, and then some other random scragglers would come along. But we would go over to the Nasita area, and we'd always go whitetail hunting in like the first week of October. Really, at the end of the day, it was a camping trip. But you know the amount of stories that you they'd get in talking about stories when they were a kid, and you know the the shenanigans they used to go into, you know, growing in Milwaukee and hunting and stuff. And all of a sudden, the story would just stop. I I looked at John and said, well, what happened? He says, well, we can't discuss that. What happens there stays there. (laughs) But, well, but back to John, I mean, he, uh, so he started building boats, you know, and he, I think he's always had. And then once he got a retired um, from the foundry, he really got into building boats and selling them. And he'd, bomb around to all these shoots and over the years we just built a you know a, a great relationship he built a, a bow for my wife and I um, for our wedding uh, so we have matching bows the it's that replica of the uh, super Kodiak yeah so, yep. yep. he did like the he did like a deflex longbow and then yeah he did like the super K yeah. version yeah, so a uh, funny story with John. So I, between my dad and I, we had a, we had a fair amount of John's bows over the years. And uh, when my wife and I got married, it was kind of a a, a traditional salute, I guess, um, like kind of like a uh, is it the uh, uh, the navy or whatever when you walk underneath the swords? Who does yep. that? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what it's called. Uh, right, but you know what I'm saying. Everybody, they put up swords and the bride and groom walk underneath it. Well, mm-hmm. we had people lined up uh, up the stairs of the church, and they all had longbows. And then and we walked underneath that coming out of the church. <laughs> and like every... Said, you, were, you were trying before it was cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> and every one of those bows that are uh, people are hanging on to were John's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Lamont was actually my best man in my wedding. Oh, okay. I did not know that. 
Yep. Yeah. So there's a yeah, there's a long long history with all of those guys and stuff. Right. Um, so so one of the things I remember, like I can I can think of two off the top of my head, like Kevin, the RER guy, would talk about John, like coming over to borrow like a cup of smooth on. <laughs> like he wouldn't just buy like a whole quart of epoxy to build bows. Like he would just be like, ah, just give me like a cup. Like I need a, like he would just get like a cup of each and then go back. And, and Kevin was like, why? Why am I giving like? And he would give it to him. He's just like, yeah, here's your two scoops, man. Like, yeah, he was like he didn't want to buy a whole quart, so he would just like well, he, borrow two two scoops. Those guys, those guys grew up in the Depression era, so they were they were uh, they were frugal, for lack of better term. Sure. Well, he was very frugal then, also. And uh, mm-hmm. the other story I always remember hearing is like he would, if like if a person bought a sixty-six or sixty-four inch longbow, and he made it a sixty-six, he would just write what they wanted and write just the weight. Like if they yes. said if they, if they said fifty-four and it was sixty-two. He would just write 54. <laughs> yes. Yes. You never, when you ordered a bow, um, it's probably plus or minus five pounds and the length may be close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, ideally it was plus or minus five, but it might've been right. minus 15 if this just depending on what happened. All right. Lamont ordered a bow from John. I remember, I think it was one of his reflex uh, long bows that that 60 inch or 60, 62 incher, mm-hmm. and he just told John, he said, I want an all black one and, you know, white stripes or whatever and make it 45 or 46 pounds. So John wrote on the bow, 45 or 46. It might have been 40, it might have been 50, who knows, but it said 45 or 46. It said 45 or 46 because that's what he ordered, yep. Right. Oh yeah. 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 Classic John. So yeah, that was yeah. those are the couple of things I'd heard about John in the day. Yeah. Just a, a genuine, genuine guy in the at the end, you know. Yeah, I've met a lot of his family and kids and they're just they're just good people. Right. Yeah, no, he seemed like a super nice guy. I, I he's been around at Chippewa a couple of times when I was there, but mm-hmm. um hadn't spent much time with him. Uh I did spend some time with uh Mike. Is it Mike? The Bruins post? Oh, Staliga? Yes, Mike. Stili- is it Staliga or Staliga? Yeah, that sounds yeah. Good. I don't know Mike that well. I didn't know Mike either very well, but I know Mike a lot better after two days. I can tell you. That. <laughs> um, when was that? Was that last year? Uh, last year, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say last year. Okay. Um, which I don't think he'd ever been there. I'd never seen him around. Um, no, you don't. He still. I don't see him. Um, super nice guy. Like just, just talk. That just just talks and talks like in the good way. <laughs> right. I, I mean, like I'm not trying to make him sound bad, but like, yeah, he just talks and talks, and and his wife's like, all right, well, we gotta go, and he's like, all right, put this stuff in the car, and then like he just keeps talking about you know making bows and doing this and yeah, that. he's been he's been doing it a long time. 
And then she comes back and she's just standing there. <laughs> she's like, you know, the stuff's in the car. Are we going to go, Mike? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, what, what is that? What, what is that there? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, you get that with a lot of stick bull guys because, you know, you get around other stick bull guys, you just want to talk. Oh, yeah. And uh, no, big, big bear guy. I, I know why they're brewing both. Yes. Big, big, big bear nut. Uh, yep. So yep. Made a lot more sense once I talked to him a little bit. Like big, big Wisconsin bear guy. Did he say where he's living nowadays? I thought they were always up in Anago. Sounds about right. Uh, you know, I don't know if they moved or are not living in town, but I feel like Anago is about where they're at for like a northern Wisconsin deal. Sure. Um. So, but yeah. So then he's and then he's showing pictures of the big bears and this and that. And, hmm. And hmm. he's. He's a fun guy to hang around. He he had a lot to talk about. It's good stuff. <laughs> Did you ever meet Ernie? Who's Ernie? Uh, Ernie Apple. He was a friend of John's. Hey, we call him Appel. Appel? Ernie yeah. Appel? Uh, he was a he was a craftsman. Like just he some of his uh, uh, self bows and stuff and the the workmanship. I. I have a static Osage self bow that he built with snakeskin on it. I got it downstairs. Okay. It's, it is. I mean, he's got the static tips on it. He, you know, it, it's just a work of art. You look at it like, how would someone ever build this thing? I'm immaculate. And he'd always he was big into the Indian um, stuff, so he made a lot of Indian bows and horn bows and different different things of that nature and stuff. So, yeah, if you ever got a chance to see any of his work, um, it's pretty impressive. So so we kind of got sidetracked a little bit. You were about yep. to tell us about your uh, quick straps. The quick straps. Right, which, which you were like, weren't you like the sole owner for like one? Uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was one of them. It was a group of guys. We just get together and brainstorm ideas. And one of the ideas we came up with was always struggling with, what to do with our, you know, climbing sticks and different aspects. Uh, they never really seated tightly or they're rattling and, and so on and so forth. And at the end of the day, we created, well, it started with the quick strap that had the strap that would strap a saw to a, right. like a stick or something. So right. how that, what I remember is like, right. advertises that. So how that came about, I was sitting in my stand November and a branch blew over, and it was covering up one of the primary shooting lanes. And I couldn't reach it from the ground. I couldn't crawl down and reach it from the ground. So I'm looking, and I'm like, well, I could reach it with my bow. How? So all of a sudden, like, how am I going to get my stock to my bow? Do I take a duct tape? Like, how am I going to do this? And I, was, I had a great northern quiver. Mm-hmm. And so I took the rubber straps off the Great Northern Quiver, unstrung my bow, took the saw and wrapped wrapped the rubber around the the saw and the bow, cut the limb off, and like the, hmm. the, the tree limb, not the bow limb, the tree limb, not the bow limb, right? <laughs> Let's preface that, right? Cut the tree limb off and uh, cleared the shooting lane. Didn't have to get out of the tree and put the straps in the pack and strung my bow back up and continued my hunt. Um, I think the next day I actually shot a deer out of that that spot. But uh, um, but then it kind of, you know, the whole light bulb came in, like, 
boy, man, that'd be pretty handy to carry a pair of straps around to be able to strap a, a saw to a stick. You wouldn't have to carry a pole saw all the time. You know, right. if, you ran, if, you, if you were running and gunning and didn't want to carry a pole saw, you just grab a stick, strap your saw to it, and away you go. So that was kind of the beginning of that whole story, and then it just kind of went from there. So we made our own straps uh, that were a little different rubber than what's on the Great Northern. You know, and, and they were like a little thicker, too. I feel like they were beefed up. Like, yep, they were beefed up um, in a few different areas and uh, and a little different rubber, and, and uh, we just kind of developed that, and we started doing the old carny thing, basically, you know, going to shows and uh, uh, traditional shows, and we went to all the big, uh, you know, like the, the deer classics, the Wisconsin and Iowa and all those, and yeah. pedal, pedaling our wares, if you would. Yeah, and I, I feel like it was a like when I was getting into it, like it was kind of a big deal. Like I feel like when I started showing up, you were almost petering out at that point. Yeah, like um, I feel like it was a pretty like I feel like it was a pretty big deal for a, a, a fair number of years. Yeah, uh, it, it was. You know, there was a lot of people just they're like, well, that's a no brainer just to throw a set of those rubber straps in my pack. What happens if a quiver breaks or what happens if, you know, you just, it didn't take up any room. It didn't weigh anything. So yeah, we did pretty well for a while. And then part of it, we got busy with other things in life and, um, and we developed a, a couple other straps that work, you know, primarily for carrying tree sticks and stuff of that nature, which we actually licensed to Lone Wolf at one point in time. Um, so that's where that came from, and and now <laughs> you're welcome, Andre. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I think he, I, he, I think they reached out to to us when we put a YouTube video out there um, showing the uses of the strap that we developed to fix the lone wolf stick and stand combination. <laughs> like, hey, yeah. hey, you just made us look really bad. What are these things? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, that was uh, in, in a short, a short story. That's that was the quick strap stuff. They're still, we still got them, still got around. People still ask for them from time to time, but kind of, kind of petered out. Right. It's right, not. Yeah. A, it's, yeah. It was like a '90s thing, right? Like it was pretty big in the '90s. Would you say? Yeah, early, early 2000. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. Right. Well, we, well, we found, what well, we found it was hard to. It's hard to market a chunk of rubber. <laughs> That's fair. You know, it, you know, it's it, it works fantastic if you can show somebody how it works. Right. If it's if it's packaged and sitting on the shelf. Right. It's not going to sell itself. As you, you're going to have you you know we are advertising and doing all the things we thought we were doing and we probably weren't doing them right but you know we were trying. And, uh, but if you could show somebody what it did, they were, uh, um, they're like, I need a pair of those. So, yeah, yeah no, it sounds super good. Like I know, yeah, I, I could just see it just not selling itself on a shelf. Right. Like if it was just sitting there, it'd be kind of a tough stuff. Right. And the, when the guys see the value in it, they were, they, they were all over, you know, cause they cost me, you know, nine ninety five, you know, but I'll give you an example of some comical stuff. When you used to do the the Wisconsin Deer Classics, you have all walks of life, right? You have 
Oh, gunners, bow hunters, yeah. Damn near grew and, up at the at the Deer Turkey Expo in Wisconsin. Right? Yeah, well, they get thirty, you know, twenty five thousand people at this thing. So big, yeah, big event. Yep. Big event, and, and it was fun. But uh, you would you'd see somebody come down the line, they'd stop and look at your booth, and you'd you'd give them the spiel, and they'd be like, "I just used duct tape." Fair enough. But now you wouldn't have to. Now I'll just keep using duct tape. All right. <laughs> or the, the one of the best was I just use my gun and I shoot the branches out of the way. <laughs> That's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. And you got there's no response that you can come back with that. Yeah, no, all you can say is <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah. Fair. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. All right. And he's like, well, I just, I just shoot at it. I just shoot at it to clear my lanes. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, I do. Uh, I had the long wool, and then I had got. I, I'm still. I still got like the little packable Gerber saw. I've had it for like 15 years. Long time. Yep. I got it like the same time. It like collapses. So it's like a pole saw that collapses down to like 18 inches. It's kind of like the. It's kind of like the Huiman, but it's got like. Yep. The, attachment, whatever. So I'm up in the tree with my lone wolf, just got the thing, and I'm trying to trim branches from the tree, and there was one right by the strap. <laughs> and I was like, it'll be fine. And I just took a big old rip with the saw attachment. Yeah. And I, I got the limb. I also got half of my strap that was holding my tree stand. <laughs> And then I was just scared to get out of that thing. The rest of the night, I was like, should I get out now? Should I not get out? Should I, should I stay? <laughs> half, of my, half of the strap that was holding me up was just, just cut in half. <laughs> so, it was not good. If only I no. had the quick strap. Uh, if and only if you had the quick strap, right? And then I could well, well, it in half with the saw that I had in my pocket instead. Well, I'll talk to my people, and my people will call your people and see if we have any uh, stock laying around. We'll get you some. Right, right. And then I could have cut my strap with my handsaw instead of the girdle. It would have been fine. It would have been great. Right. Same thing. Uh, same same result. Different. different yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I was super worried about that. I sat up there for like two hours. I sat till dark, just scared to get out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You've also got what? How many? How many cedar arrows do you think you've got? Like acnes and like the good stuff, like hundreds, don't you? Uh, or yeah, or I don't know. There's probably a thousand. Right, like yeah, hundreds. Like I wouldn't count. Uh, that. <laughs> yeah, hundreds. That's- yeah, I, hundreds of cedar shafts. Yeah, we used to we used to pick up. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the gentleman's name from Waterloo. He had the, he had the, uh, um, he made the choppers and uh, the dip tube and. Uh, oh, like the easy dip guy. What the yeah. Yeah, I don't. Can't I don't, remember. Can't remember his name. Regardless, he used to make all these pre-stained arrows. Yeah. Well, there would be blems, so Lamont used to get a hold of boxes and boxes of blems, so we would go through and. You know, you I would get two strings for like 200 shafts. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Just stick them away for a rainy day. Cause who would ever thought you would start shooting carbon now? 
crazy idea. Like you get a you get a carbon arrow and it's straight. <laughs> Even if it's yeah. not straight, in quotations, it's still straight. It's still straight, right? Straighter, but straighter. I I I think wood is a little more forgiving, though. I I, I would say the same. Like I feel like it it it, like it shoots really nice. I don't I don't have right. a no. Like it, the no. little bit I've shot, I, and I remember like Lamont set me up on the first couple dozen. I would buy them from mm-hmm. him, paper them or whatever, and he's like, "Yeah, just make sure your straight end is out on the long end, and uh, yeah, put your broadhead up because you don't want to cut down every tree." Like, right? That was, that was all he was worried about. Like, don't mount your <laughs> broadhead parallel because it'll cut down every tree in the forest. Mount it, mount it vertically, and, <laughs> and make sure that like. Your your straight end is on the long side, which I, I, I don't know. Maybe people still talk about that, but yeah, because um, you got the you got the strong you got the strong end of the arrow on the uh, against the shelf then. Right, and I, I you know I made some myself after that, and there was a couple. I think a guy had built, bought me some for a, like a wedding gift, and there was mm-hmm. a couple that just didn't shoot well, and they had the they had the the crooked end. On the knock. Like sure. They, apparently, that's a big no-go. Like they. That's just a big. That, they just don't shoot. Right. They, yeah. They just. They, they were not. They were not consistent at all. Um, well, which, speaking of speaking of wood arrows, a, a kickback back of the the old that the wedding, I got a whole. I ordered custom, um, footed shafts. I had footed knocks, footed shafts. They were the ebony, on either end. Um, made them with all natural turkey barred, crust them, and I had um, Zwicky broadheads, chrome plated, and so I made these arrows and I put them in a shadow box, and that was chrome the gift. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, chrome plated hung me up for a second there. I had to... <laughs> yeah, they were chrome plated, and so I put them together and I put them in a shadow box, and that was the wedding gift for all of the guys that were in my wedding. They were all bull hunters. Who would want that? Who I mean, better than a beer mug, right? Right. Yeah. Who? I, who like you got a choice: beer mug or shadow box with chrome plated wikis. Yeah. I mean, you you pick. Yeah. I'm thinking a lot of guys might not be down with this wiki, but I'm pretty sure they'd still pick that over the beer mug today. I feel like that was a pretty awesome move, Jason. Yeah. Uh, well, it's just one of those things. <laughs> hey, when you're when you're a baller, you're a baller. Like you know, yeah, I guess, it, and you don't even know it. <laughs> you're a baller. You're a baller. That's just what happens. That's just what happens. So uh, yeah, it, uh, yeah, we used to make arrow, that that shoot that we, that hunt we used to go on. We used to make a dozen arrows, or or someone every every year somebody would take a turn and make yeah. a dozen arrows. And everybody would sign them, so everybody had an arrow for that year and put in their collection. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I had a different broadhead every year, um, so I got a I got an arrow rack downstairs that has I don't know, fifteen different arrows or how many years we did that, and and then uh, one uh, you know those uh, older gentlemen they you know they uh, passing away and. We'd always take one and everybody'd sign it and we'd send it off into the swamp for them. Yeah. Yeah. 
super cool thing to do. Yeah. Which I feel like you don't really hear about that kind of thing now. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's honor honor to those gentlemen. You know, they they forgot more about archery than you and I will ever know. Right. Yeah, no, I'm I'm down. I like it. I did not know that story either. It turns mm-hmm. out we just talked about ridiculous hunts we were never going to go on. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't talk well, about anything that actually meant anything. Right. <laughs> we actually did a – we were <laughs> – Lamont and I always joked about we were the first cr- scrapbookers. We we developed scrapbooking. <laughs> I I I like to claim that I I, I designed the first meme. I mean, scrapbooking is way more cool. So we uh we took you know we had pictures for the trips and stuff. Well yeah. then we, Lamont started he put up put all the pictures and made some jokes and different things and, and then took them to, an Insta print and printed out the pages and gave it to all the guys. Well that. They're, everybody thought that was really cool. Like we've seen them in the summer at the shoots and like, here, here's the pictures from the trip. And they're like, Oh, you know, you got to relive the trip. Well then, so then everybody, the reaction was cool. So then we did it the next year and the next year. So then pretty soon, you know, pretty soon everybody's, they couldn't wait to get their, the, uh, the, uh, the hunt pictures for their scrapbook. Cause everybody got a three ring binder. Well, now if you look back at, you got 15 years of, of hunts over there with these guys and you can see the progressions and the, you know, the, the shenanigans and the BS that we went through one year we brought Lamont and I got free furniture. We had a, <laughs> was, it, was it the floral pattern? The floral pattern? <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. I, I don't know if it's floral, but I think it was more of a, uh, a plaid. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we had a couch and a couple of chairs and we told everybody we were going to be there Wednesday, but we actually showed up Tuesday and had all the had all the furniture set up around the fire. And him and I were sitting there drinking coffee, sitting in the Lazy Boys, and as they pulled into camp. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they just seen a, they, they seen a sectional and a love seat. And a, and a yeah. <laughs> yep. So when the... When Lamont quit smoking, he promised my wife once we got married that he would stop smoking for our wedding. That was that was one of the gifts to her. So he stopped smoking. So he took all this money that he was that he spent on smoking. He put it in a jar, and all of a sudden he's like, "Look at all this money I got. What am I gonna do with it?" And uh, over a few beers and random random gibberish, him and I have many times, he he decided to buy a big wall tent for the hunt, so right. everybody could. Everybody could be in the same tent. So he ended up buying a 16 by 20 wall tent. Damn. Yeah. And uh, we put we put seven guys in there. So we had Kenny, Ernie, John, Lamont, Mike, um, John's uh, uh, brother-in-law, Al. He used to come along. Yeah, we just, we'd stack them up like cordwood in there. <laughs> right. You need a parking lot to put it up, but once you got it, yeah. Up, once you get, everybody can be in there. Stones in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Lots of laughs. I bet. I can only imagine what Jim Chucklehead talked about. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like I, I spent some time with Red. Was Red involved in this at all? Yeah, Red would come over. Red would come over because he's from that. You know, he lives not far from that area. He's a Red, Red Road and. Funny, funny uh, fact history there. 
Red's parents used to own a convenience store. Um, yep. Well, I think it was in Mather, if I remember right. Sounds right. Well, Lamont used to stop at that convenience store and pick up a, a thing of ring bologna and and crackers or whatever and a can of beans and that's what they ate all weekend and and they would head off they'd head <laughs> off into yeah they'd head off into the Cedar Refuge and chase deer all weekend. Right. All you need all you need is a, a pack of bologna, a loaf of bread, and some beans. That's pretty much what they ate and like a case of Schlitz. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. every guy up with a cage. So then well, so years down the road, when Lamont started the archery shop, Red found him somehow. And come to find out, all these years, Lamont was stopping at Red's parents' convenience store, and they didn't even know each other. And friend, <laughs> friend, <laughs> what the first time Red met him, you know, they were talking about who they were because Lamont started the archery shop in his basement. So he'd come in the back door of this average size, you know, like a thousand square foot home. He'd walk down the creaky stairs downstairs and the whole basement's full of traditional archery stuff. Bowls on the walls, feathers and boxes all over and it smelled just like a cedar closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the lawn sounds, down there. It sounds beautiful. Yeah, well, and I, at one point in time he was smoking a pipe so you'd have that fill in the air too. I mean, yeah, it was a picture. Of, uh, it was it was beautiful things, but uh, yeah. So him and that's kind of how him and Red met. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh! Turns out you've been buying bologna from my family for the last. <laughs> right. Yeah. For years and years. And and now now look at Red. He's he's just his own old man doing his own thing. I got to spend uh, uh, elk hunt in Idaho with Red last year. I, you know. I, the poor guy—he's never shot. Has he even shot an elk? He has not shot an elk yet. No. Nope. I don't even think he shot at an elk. Um, I don't know if I don't know that answer. I don't. I don't feel like he has, but I met him like six years ago, and he was mm-hmm. seventy, and he's like, yep. "This is this is uh, this is my setup for the elk," and he had like his broadheads ready to go, and he like he didn't even want to shoot deer, like he he just skipped every target until we got to the. <laughs> Yep. That's a, that's that sounds about right. Super, yeah. super guy to hang around for sure. Oh yeah. The amount of knowledge that he knows. He was a big uh, gun guy too, a reloader and stuff, like yeah. But uh yeah, it was fun spending time in camp. He would go get up every morning early and he'd climb up the hill behind the camp and roam around the woods and he'd be back at camp probably early afternoon, tired and ready for a Coors light. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up because uh, the one year I was hanging out with him, I think your dad was trying to drink like a Coors Light, and he called that a nap. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Your, dad, your dad wanted to have a water. And he's like, yes. There's no, there's no drinking water here. There's no drinking water. That's like taking a nap. Yep. Right. Let's we'll call that a nap. So then you know, Yeah. That, that scene all came about um, a, a Horcon shoot. We were over at Horcon one year, and we picked up Red on the way, and and uh, we got over there, and of course we it's Friday, no one's around, so we started having a few beers, shooting some bows, and BSing, and can't remember if it was Lamont or Red picked up a water, and one I I think it was, boy I think it was 
I don't remember which one. Either one of those picked up a water and started drinking the water at like one o'clock, and the other one jumped on the other guy's shit, just like, no, no, you can't have water. That's like taking a nap, and that stuck. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was, he was pulling it four years ago. Yeah, yeah, still, and that was yeah, we're, we're we're in Horcon. That was probably twelve years ago. Still hanging on to it. Oh, he's still hanging on. <laughs> and he like he never he never like he would just put he always shot wood. Yep. And he, he's like, yeah, you don't look for wood. He would just swing him into the bushes and be like, yeah, no, <laughs> you don't look for wood. Yeah. He well, I think he, I think he, he, I'm good. No. Yeah, he, he's he's got he's got probably more wood arrows shafts laying around than I do. Probably. Yeah. He was, you know, he 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 got to talking about tuning them and his in his five foot shot, like there's a whole thing. But yeah, he. Oh yeah. Yeah. He could make any he could make any wood shaft fly out of his bow is what that what it boils down to. Huh. Uh, as, as I feel like what his moral story was. As long as he was <laughs> Uh, he could make anything fly, and if he missed, he just said, "Yeah, no, we don't look for that." A story uh, Red always t- he told um, it, when when Lamont passed away the day before the funeral or the gathering, they, or however they wanted to say it, the, you know, the, uh, he was out because Lamont died on. Uh, opening of deer season in Minnesota. And okay. like and whenever they had the uh, the dedication to him, uh the day before, uh Red said he was sitting in a stand and big fat doe come walking, you know, standing in front of him at ten yards and you know, he's basically just sitting out there, you know, mourning his loss like the rest of us and he looked at it and he says, I just don't really want to deal with a deer right now and Lamont popped in his head and he said you didn't come here to pet him, did you? Shoot it! <laughs> and yeah. so he sh- and so he shot it. And he said, "Lamont's voice came in my head and told me to get off my ass and shoot the thing." So that's what happened. So I'm like, "That's pretty. That's pretty cool." <laughs> I believe it, 100. percent Sounds like something Lamont would say. Oh yeah, yeah. He always had something, some smart ass comment to make. Some might call it snarky. I'd just call it Lamont. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Um, so so what else? So you got a couple of hunts coming up. We do. We do. Um, so my brother, what's that? I'll, I'll rewind just a bit. So we got a little, a little preface. You have killed an elk, and I have killed an elk. So basically we're just bird boxing people looking like we know what we're talking about. Pretty much, yeah. I, I'll, I'll pre- I, I have not killed an elk. Oh, I thought you. No, never mind. Yeah, no, never mind. You know, you know nothing. I lost. I I lost one in Colorado a few years ago. So yeah, we jumped. Did you ever we, hunt in New Mexico with them guys. I did hunt down in New Mex in New Mexico with them one year. They went back the second year. I hunted one. Um, opportunities. My old. That was the year. Uh, the old man was with us, and that was the year he sh- he finally shot his first elk. Right. He shot and, his. Brother shot one down there, I know. That was the second trip. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, like your dad shot one, and then your brother shot one. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool to be there for the old man. That was his first elk, and what did he say? Uh, took him 19 trips or something to get his first oh, yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> and I was yeah. 
and I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to buy a tag, so I got a chance. And he's like, nope, done with that. <laughs> like, I've had like 12 chances. I'm, a, yeah. I'm, for, I'm going for draw tags only from here out. Like, yeah. Uh, and I was like, what are you talking? No, no, I understand what he is. Now I understand what he's talking about. Like, yeah. I have uh, um, some sense. I've been out there a few times, and we uh, every time we've been in some really good encounters. Just haven't. Like I said, I hit I hit one in Colorado a few years ago, and we we thought we gave it enough time. We gave it six hours, and we jumped it out of his bed, and we thought I heard it crash. So we gave it another three hours, and never never ended up finding him. We looked for three days after that, so it's pretty pretty heartbreaking. But uh, well, no, we've all been in those situations, so we don't need to digress on that. But uh, for no. this year. This year, um, my brother, he kind of has a golden horseshoe up his ass. He pulled. <laughs> he does. He does. He does. I know you're going with it. And Right. So he pulled the one random tag for a bighorns hunt this year. So so that's where we're going. We'll digress a touch. And in Wyoming, <laughs> you could put in for any tag. Yep. And there's. There's X amount of, you know, if you have your points, you get like your whatever, you know, you get your multiplied chance. But then for every draw in Wyoming, there's X amount of just randoms. Which just ran- Everybody has a chance. Right. So if you put in, you know, with no points, you could still get it. I mean, it might be it might be 50 tags, it might be one. And your brother yep. drew the one. <laughs> yeah, I I think there was only one in there, and he drew it. Yeah, it's like it's better than winning the Powerball. Pretty much. <laughs> so uh, he lives in South Carolina now. So uh, so I'm going out. I'm meeting him out there. I'm going to go out early, get camp set up, and uh, get some feet on the ground before he gets out there. It's going to take him uh, just a mere 28 hours to drive out there. So not bad. No, not not bad no. at all. <laughs> it's only, go, only going to the bighorns. Right. It's only going to the bighorns. Like if you had yeah. to go anywhere else it would be like thirty five. <laughs> right. So I was able I was lucky enough to get a mule deer tag in the same area. So um I'm gonna start mule deer hunting right away until they get there and then uh we're gonna we're gonna follow around follow him around and try to get him another elk, so Right. So that's that'd be fun. My old man, he got a he got a cow tag for a different zone. He's gonna go cow hunt and scout, which is a couple hours south of us. But uh, um, so yeah, we're all gonna kind of be out there and bump into each other one way or another. Right. And and you got a you got a hot new pack. I've been I've been on you about this you pack. Uh, yeah. Gotta go. Gotta go. And it, uh, yeah, yeah, I've been carrying with it. Um, I've been trying to get the new car smell out of it. So, oh, we're, um, you had the Kuyu pack, which I was giving you a hard time about. Yeah, you were. Yep. Yep. Now, and, uh, Kifaru. I, uh, I graduated to the Kafaru. Yep. Um, I feel pretty honored. <laughs> um, but no, it's, uh, um, so far, so good. It, uh, it's fantastic. Everything about it carries. Uh, it's like a Cadillac. It just there's right. nothing See, right up in your garage, and there's just like an elk quarter in it, and you're just like, yep, that's what I do. Uh, with this. Yeah. Well, here we are all day long. So just carry meat. Just carry meat. Yeah. 
Um, ooh, he had a moose in Minnesota. I did. Um, yeah. I feel like it was a while ago. I feel like we briefly touched on it on our on our meeting when we talked about hunting some caribou in like Russia. I don't even yep. know what we're talking about. That was. I was. And you're like, uh, yeah, I have a moose tag in Minnesota, and I was like, what? yep. I was lucky enough to draw a moose tag in Minnesota. It was the second to the last uh, art or moose hunt in Minnesota. I think the following year was the last one before they shut it down. Um, so population and numbers were not very high, but uh, um, I was up there for two weeks, um, basically by myself. Uh, my old man came up uh, first weekend, did some, you know, he was just there for moral support and to be up up in the north woods and and then he came up the following weekend as well and uh but yeah i was up there for two weeks um i seen four animals <laughs> four moose four, they will say four moose four moose yep i seen four moose and uh um three of them were cows and i had one bull uh, I had an encounter with, but uh, I, he was—he never came close enough. But yeah. uh, it was, you know, and but talking with other hunters, no one, none of them seen anything. Now, whether they ever got out of their truck or not, that's—I um, don't—I don't know that. For the sake of it, um, most of them probably didn't. They just drove around and tried to shoot one off the road. But um, regardless. Um, you put a lot of miles on, or right. stomp it through the stump. Like it was like the last one, which is yeah. Pretty- yeah, I ran into a lot of wolves. Mm. Wolves don't kill. Uh, they don't hurt the moose population. Just ask the DNR. No, no. They, they, don't have- <laughs> <laughs> they have no effect on it. Right. Black bears have um, no, no. Uh, bears. There was... Uh, yeah, I had a, I ran across a few of them that they would just sit there and look at me. Mm. Yeah, because well, well, when was that? That was like had to have been a while ago, wasn't it? Um, let's see. I think that was when was that when my first kid was born or my second one? Right, and they're like eighteen now. <laughs> so it was like it was like a legitimate like late nineties, early two thousand. I want to say it was like 2003, right. somewhere right. around there. Right. The wolves were just coming. Everybody thought they were nice, blah, 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 the whole thing. Yep. They don't. Yeah, that, I would I, I'd love to be able to do that again. Yeah, no, it sounds like a cool hunt. Yeah. Yep. Sure. It, was, uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I'd like to go on a. I'd like to go on. Well, I think in our uh, our seventeen hunts that we decided to go on, moose was on on that list. Um, <laughs> it definitely was. It was not. It was not northern Minnesota moose. No, it was. Uh, was that a Yukon trip? Because I'm sure we were shooting for the moon. I'm sure. I'm sure we were sixty or bust. Yeah. <laughs> it had to run. Yeah, we were on some Mike Mitten shit. Sixty. Yeah. Bucks, that's it. We're packing. We're packing out two sixty-five inches. St. John's River or something. We were gonna float too for like a month or whatever we were gonna do. Oh, who knows? I mean, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we're probably gonna do the uh, the John, the uh, moose John. Oh, the moose shot. Yeah, 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 
yeah, we the were, Moose John. I'm sure. I'm sure at that point we were going to do the 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 Jay Massey Moose John. I don't know why we wouldn't. I, right, and I don't know why we wouldn't just kill a couple of sixty fives. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> hopefully, yeah, hopefully they're by the canoes. Yeah, yeah, and didn't die in the water. Uh, yeah, I couldn't get them. I couldn't. Yeah, we we couldn't get them out of the water if they died in there. It would be. It'd be like that tread barter deal. Right. You remember that, you remember that one where like he yep. moves and it died in the marsh. And then he's like, I'm 180 pounds of blue twisted steel. When he grabs hide out there, hold on. me with the guy in the marsh. Classic. It was. That, that's a 2005 throwback classic right there. I'm 180 pounds of blue twisted steel. Look out. And then he's, Look out. He just jerked it so hard that he just flipped the canoe with a guy with a guide in it and just flipped him right in the marsh. <laughs> yep. It was not good. <laughs> no, that's not a, that's not a good situation right there. Uh, it was good. So, well, uh, ooh, we did. Hunt, what are we? Hunted, we hunted the sand land together. We did. We did. Well, not together. But not together, but uh, same I, year. Oh, that you said, oh, I shoot 65 all the time. And then I built you the bow, the sand. Six, I shot 60 pounds. Right. I feel like the Sandman is like 63 at best. <laughs> yeah, it, she's a little she's a little stout. Yeah. I was yeah. looking at her the other day thinking, you know, I wonder if I could still take uh, uh, some weight off of that thing. <laughs> about About 10 pounds would be good. Right, it needs about ten pounds. I tried to shoot it. I tried to shoot it. Uh, you know, this spring, and, right. and then you hurt your shoulder, and you didn't shoot for like two months. Yeah, I was just not mad enough to do it anymore. No, no, we need, we need, but no, I, I screwed the one up, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Jason's always saying I, I shoot heavyweight all the time, so I sent it to you. I used, I used to could. Right. I, I like the fact that you're now down in like the fifties with me, like a normal, I am. like yeah. a, like a normal, like a normal human being. <laughs> yeah, I, and I'm comfortable there. Feel really good at that weight, fifty-five. Right. Yeah, let's call it fifty-two. That's probably what it is, but that's it's probably it's probably fifty-four. <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Right. I will allow. Uh, it. Well, I'll probably uh you probably got some insurance to sell, I bet. Yeah, we got my my phone's buzzing a little bit. We got a few things to do and uh I got a lunch meeting uh, to go to. So, yeah, we got to do some work even though it's a it's Friday fun day. It's still got so yeah. still got some adulting to do, which is really unfortunate cuz I wanted to go um finish up my arrows and get them all a, a good shot, a couple shots in and make sure that everything's tip top. And yeah, maybe just that. Got to be close, ain't it? Like, yeah, know. I'm going to leave the 10th. What are you leaving? Oh, like the 4th or something. Okay. So, yeah, no, so you got a little ways to go. You got, I got a little time. Yeah. Yeah, we got a little time, but uh, can't come soon enough. It, 
So we're uh, we're we're pretty excited about this trip. Should be good. Oh no, you were telling me uh, apparently like there's just bystanders coming. It, it should be like the business apparently. Right. Yeah. And we got uh, they got a lot of just coming. We got we got they got a lot of moisture out there this year, so it uh, should be a good year. Should have. Uh, they're not on fire like a lot of places. Is this true? Somebody told me that. Colorado is allowing you to return your tags in some areas. Uh, do you know Do you know anything about that? I don't know anything about that. Hmm. I mean, I, I find it hard to believe, but maybe that's a fact. Yeah. Oh. I mean, good for them if they did. Yeah, it's just, uh, I haven't kept up on it, you know? No, me neither. Not at all. So. All right, well... You go, you go take care of this secretary business, tell them, yep. keep kids safe on the road. And, yep, uh, we're going we're gonna to keep them safe. I, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, have a session of random gibberish. Yeah, I don't know what we talked about, but I'm pretty sure uh, <laughs> pretty sure the dozens of listeners are going to love it. I didn't know the, do- the, the, but, the dozens, we, you might even gain one. Uh, oh, so this was one thing I was going to do. Uh-oh. I've never plugged anything at all. I've done two podcasts. I've never even like thought about plugging anything. So, hey, Bob Smith, Big Sick Archery, on Instagram and Facebook. I'm also on the YouTube. You can find me there. And then, uh, Jason, where are you at? Where can, where can we where can we find your uh, bedazzled business? Uh, well, I am an insurance agent, Jason Bannon Insurance Agency with Farmers Insurance. Um, you can find me on Instagram and and uh, Facebook. Um, I'm probably connected with the footage shaft in some way, shape, or form too, so we can look us. Right. You're, look you're up. one of the mutual friends. Like when people find the cool guy, you're like the mutual. Yeah, I'm that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I like yeah, it. So. We, we did the actual plug this time. This is the first. Yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, amateurs at best. Yeah, I, at the same point, I, I feel like we'll just not we'll just pretend it didn't happen and it's fine. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. No, so. no. All right, buddy. All right. Keep some kids safe. All right, man. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Yep, you bet. We'll talk to you later, bud. Yep. See ya.